Hey everybody, welcome to Faithbrook Church. It is so good that we can worship together online, on site, and for those of you watching later, on demand as well. If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Mike Delgallo, and I serve as the Connections Pastor here on staff. If you are a guest with us joining in, maybe this is your first time, maybe you've been coming around for a couple weeks. Either way, I just wanna give you a special warm welcome. And in fact, I wanna encourage you to reach into the seat back in front of you and grab the blue connection card. Take a moment, fill that out, and at the end of the service, drop that off into the offering box. Also, you can go to faithbrook.church forward slash guest and fill out a digital connect card as well. Well, whether you fill out a physical or a digital connect card, two things are gonna happen. One, I would love to personally follow up with you and just thank you for taking time out of your weekend to join in with us. And two, we would love to make a donation on your behalf to one of our nonprofit ministry partners, Cross Food Shelf. This is just a small way that we could participate in local outreach and serve our community. So I look forward to connecting with you and making that donation on your behalf. Well, our mission here at Faithbrook is to love God, love people, and journey together. And one of our passions around here is next-gen ministry. That's why a few Sundays ago, we were over at Dean's Pumpkin Patch for our Fall Family Fun Day. We had a fun time not only painting pumpkins, but also engaging with new families in the community and also had the opportunity to invite them to come out on a Sunday morning. And this is all made possible because of the great volunteers who made that day happen. So I just wanted to give a big shout out and a huge thank you to all the volunteers who made that possible. You see, it's people like you who volunteer and give their time, not only here on the Faithbrook campus, but also in the community as well, who really make a difference in the lives and really push our mission forward. So again, thank you to all the volunteers. Now, if you're sitting there and you're wondering how you can get involved, the best way to do so is through the Church Center app. You can download it from your app store and it takes only a few steps to set up. Now, once you do, you can go down to the bottom of the screen and click on more and then click on volunteering. You can see a list of different areas in which you can serve. And if you find something that maybe you're interested you or maybe you have a questions about, you can always fill out the form and submit it. And maybe if you don't know where to start, you can always email me at pastormike at faithbrook.church. And for those of you who are here on site, you can always reach into the seat back in front of you and grab one of these next step cards. And in fact, you can fill out your information on the back and you can click that you're interested in volunteering and you can just drop this off in the offering box as you leave the worship center today. So I look forward to connecting with you and helping you to get onto a volunteer team and starting to make a difference and pushing the mission forward. Well, at this time, we are going to hear a message from our lead pastor, Jim Comfort, as we kick off a brand new series, Dangerous Prayers. Well, does anybody know who this guy is? Oh, he's the famous Michael Scott, the hit sitcom, The Office. Now, if you know anything about this character, he's like the poster child of someone of lack awareness, right? Uh, He just brings awkwardness to the room. He says things that are insensitive, that are uh, rude and and harsh, and uh, even stupid. I mean, he's been known to say quotes like, you know, I... I'm a night owl and an early bird. That means I am wise and I have worms. Okay, you got worms, you know. And uh, before you know it, he he can just rule the room with with just um, harsh, rude, insensitive things. Do you ever work with someone like that or know someone like that? They're just not self-aware. They're just, mm, right? 
Now, maybe if you don't, maybe you're the one, right, that's bringing that into the workplace or in your home. You never know. Well, this has to do with one of our prayers that we're going to be discovering today. But first, I just want to welcome you, Pastor Jim. Thanks for coming today, worshiping at Faithbrooks. It's a beautiful weekend. Some of you might be up north hunting. Uh, some of you might be watching this on dem demand. So uh, thanks for worshiping and uh, viewing today. Last week, I told someone, I said, well, you don't want to come to church this next couple Sundays, these next four weeks. Why is that? I said, well, we're going to dangerous territories. We're going to be talking about some dangerous prayers and some serious things. So it's just they don't show up. Well, they still they came, so amen to that, right? Uh, well, these dangerous prayers come from some Bible figures that are willing to, uh, to ask these big, dangerous prayers. Now, we're not used to or comfortable uh, saying big, dangerous prayers. A lot of times we like safer prayers, right? Safer prayers are more predictable. They're more known, right? Like, God, I'm praying that you would heal this. I'm praying that maybe I could get this promotion, uh, help me to have a good day. But these prayers are a little bit deeper, and they are more unknown. They are more unpredictable, a little bit more risky and dangerous. But we know that if we're willing to say these prayers, then God could do some amazing things in us and amazing things through us if we're willing to pray these dangerous prayers. And the first prayer that we're going to discover is really to search me, God. That's the prayer. Search me, God. It comes out of Psalms 139, written by uh, David, that says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. Is anything in there, God? Now, why? Would David, and this is one of the first six divonic prayers that he prayed in the, the book of Psalms that are set. Why would David, and we believe he's saying this before he became king, uh, why would he pray this? Um, why would he have the courage to do this? God could uh, bring something up uh, that could, that could um, embarrass him or cause him to rethink things. And why would, should we uh, say these, these big, dangerous prayers? Now, if you look in the Psalms 139, you know it, it comes at the very end of uh, really the theme of the, the chapter is how God is all-knowing. He's omniscient. He has an infinite knowledge. He knows us so well. For example, uh, we see right away uh, that, that this prayer, it, it has three different components that, uh, first of all, it has to do with the heart. He searched me, God, and know my heart. Now, heart is the deepest part of who we are. This is the, the why we exist. When's the last time we, we ask those deeper questions? You know, what, what is my purpose in life? What is my, more importantly, what is my motive in life? God, would you really um, search my core? Uh, are you really the leader of my life, or am I the, the leader? Is life really about me, or, or just me and my, my family? Are you out there? And then he addresses something that could maybe embarrass us. He says, see if there's any anxious thoughts. Do I have some insecurities? Do I have some worries? Do I have some burdens? And, and really, he wants to go deeper there. He's just like, is there anything underlying, underlying these thoughts? I was listening to a, a Christian leader a couple months ago, and 
he was sharing his path, and he disclosed that he had some personal anxiety. He also had a lot of success in his life. And so he was willing to really say this prayer, search me, God, and really try to do some self-discovery of where this cause is coming from. And so he wrote this book that's out there today. It's called uh, The Thing Beneath the Thing. You know, we all have things or the thing, but what really he wanted to know is, Where's the thing coming from? What, what, what is the motive? Was there something in my past? Is something that's happening in my life? And he was willing to, to look at the root of his anxiety, his issues. And then David says, oh God, see if there's any grievance in me. And now the word grievance has to do offense, or I'm sorry, offense has to do with grievance. Uh, man, if you really go in some old translations and talk about, see if there's any wicked way in me. Maybe the more modern way we say if there's really anything, uh, any sin. Sin is offending God. And sin also includes places where we offend other people, that we trample on their people. We, we harm other people, but we also can um, harm God. So we have to do some exploratory surgery. We have to, uh, as the song says, we have to have surgery on our heart and, and be willing to look under the, the covers or under the hood and see what, what's there. Do you ever pray these prayers? When's the last time that we slowed down enough to say, God, I want to know where my relationship is with you. Is there anything between us? Have I done some things that are not godly, that are not right, and I need to, to own up on those? Well, I would just suggest a lot of times we don't do that, right? We, we don't want to go there. But why don't we want to pray these big prayers, these dangerous prayers? Search me, God, and know my heart. See if there's any things that I've offended you or, or others. Well, a lot of times we'd rather just pray the safe prayers. Oh, God, help me. Help this get better. Help this get fixed, right? Instead of search me, oh, God. Here's a couple of reasons why I would suggest that we don't want to go there with search me, oh God. Number one, it can, it's not easy. In fact, it can be kind of painful, right? To hear things in our life that we're not proud of, that we're not really good at. There might be some blind spots that we're not aware of. Uh, I, I remember um, early in our marriage, my my wife and I would be traveling home from the service and we'd be discussing some of the services stuff. And then she would just say, you know, Jim, uh, you really butchered some of those words. Uh, this one thing you're not pronouncing right. I'd be like, ah, thanks for sharing. Inwardly, and I'm like, no, I don't want to hear that. That's so embarrassing. And I was just almost would get mad at her because we don't want to hear the dirty things. We don't want to hear the hard things. We don't want to hear the embarrassing things in our life. Another reason I would suggest that we don't want to pray this search me, oh God, is a lot of times we have pride. We're like, well, I don't, I don't need that. I got it all together. I'm pretty sophisticated. I'm, I'm pretty talented, right? I, I got it all together. Why would I ever have to pray that prayer? You know who's really guilty of this? A lot of times, long-term Christians. Uh, you know, we, we've been in church a long time, and man, I know the Bible, and we serve, and we give, and wow, there shouldn't be anything wrong with me. And so we don't pray this prayer. We got a lot of pride. Uh, thirdly, I'd say it gets really personal. Because if we're willing to go deep, and what is, what is our reason? What's going on in my heart? Well, why do I tick? Why do I react this way? Why do I have these insecurities, right? Before we know it, we can get some, find some traits and some things that even go back to our family origin. Oh, that's my reason why that's happening. 
what happened to me when I was in adolescence or what was happening in our family dynamics that create these anxieties or these fears or these wounds in our life. And lastly, a lot of times it takes time, right? Who has time to self-discover? There's so many things we need to do and there's so many fun things out there. Let's go, go, go. And we do not take the time. You know, we, we might even have to get some professional help maybe a counselor, maybe a therapist. And they cost a lot, right? And, and they take time, and let's just go on with life, and we don't pray the prayer of search me, God. See what's really going on in the deep parts. What is the thing beneath the thing? It's kind of like driving a car, and we're going through life driving a car, and all of a sudden, a dash, there, there comes a blinking light, some alert that says, hey, something's wrong, and you're thinking to yourself, hey, the car hasn't blown up, the, the tires are still inflated, and I need to go places, and so we never pull over to maybe look under the hood. And who wants to look under the hood anyway? Because, you know, we might find something that's going to cost us a lot of money, that, that, that scares us, that's not very pretty, and so we just keep going through life, never really discovering, never really searching. And thus we avoid praying this prayer. And so this is what we discover, that we can either hide or we can discover. And a lot of times we'd rather hide then really start looking at being self-aware. What's going on in our soul? What's going on in our life? What's, how am I um, impacting people around us? Now, what's kind of funny is, is that we, we pretend and we think we can hide, especially from God, but we can't hide from God. God knows us deeply, infinitely, um, and he's very um, intimate who we are. In fact, he created us. He, he formed us. Now, David shares all this at the front part of this Psalms 139. And this is how it reads. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and I, when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. You know, so, so God knows where, when you went to bed last night. He knows where you went last week. He, he knows your thoughts. He's, he's very uh, personal and, and knows you deeply. He goes on before my, a word is even on my tongue. You, Lord, know it completely. Mm. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your head upon me. It's kind of like God's got his ear to your heart. He's listening. And I would suggest to you that there's nobody else out there that's listening to your heart like Jesus, like God himself. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to obtain. He just can't get his head around how omniscient God is, how knowing. You know, Jesus tried to explain this in Luke 12, that um, people were asking, does God really care? And, and Jesus said, you know what? God even knows if a sparrow falls to the ground. I, I, how many millions and trillions of sparrows are out there? Jesus said, he even knows if a sparrow falls. And then he says, how much more does he know about you and cares for you? And he goes on, he says, he even knows the number of hair that is on your head. That's how incredible God's knowledge and personal he is with you, what's happening in your life. So we can pretend that God doesn't know our soul. We can pretend that God doesn't know what we said last week or what our thoughts was or, or what's going on in our life. But he does. And we can't hide for him. We have a choice. We can hide or we can discover. So what if we were willing to have the courage to discover? What if we were willing to pray, God, search me? What's really going on in my life? Help me to self-discover and to be aware. He, he says, search me, O God, and know my heart. 
test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there are any offensive ways. And then at the end, he says, lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me in the way everlasting. Now, that last word, everlasting, is a beautiful word. It means forever. Now, most of us equated that, God, I want to get to the place where, where you and me are one forever. We, we think about everlasting life. We think about heaven and, and the promises of God in Christendom that when we pass, there is a ongoing, our bodies decay and fail, but our spirit, our soul, it's the thing that's going to live forever and everlasting. Now, I want to really spotlight the word before that, <clears throat> the way everlasting, the way, the word way means a road or a path. Um, I would submit to you that it's more like a lifestyle. Lead me into the lifestyle of the everlasting, a, a beautiful, a life-giving life that Christ wants to give to us. And when we are willing to get into this, this road or this path of everlasting, we find that there is forgiveness. We find there is peace. We find there can be security, strength, wholeness, healing, identity, love of God flowing into our heart and through us if we're willing to ask those hard questions and to enter into that life of everlasting with him. But first, we have to address some of these issues. For instance, we have to address the heart and our soul. Who am I? What is my purpose? What's my deepest motivation, right? Am I still the king? Am I still the boss? Do I want the world and my family to revolve around me, or do, am I supposed to revolve around you, God? And a lot of times we don't like to ask and know what's happening in our soul. Have you ever been in your home or apartment or someplace when it's completely uh, quiet? Does it ever make you nervous or awkward when there's no sound? It's like human beings hate that, right? I think it almost like forces us to hear our thoughts to hear our soul. And, and a lot of times we don't want to know what's in our soul. We don't want to know what's in our heart. And so we'll turn on something that distracts us. We'll turn on some music or get busy in a TV or whatever, right? Because if we get quiet, then we got to know our soul. And we're not very pleased what's down there. In fact, I would suggest that that's a lot of times why people don't want to come to church a lot of times because that guy's going to speak about the soul, it's the place where nobody really wants to pray about, think about. We, we just like to be consumed with distractions and fun and activities and, and this and that's right. But if we go to church, then what's down in there? What's really who I am? I see this a lot of times when uh, I'll be in some social settings and then someone says, oh, he's a pastor. And everybody's like, oh, the pastor's here, right? And I'm like, hey, what, what's wrong with me, Right. But really, the pastor, his, his business is about the soul, right? And most people are not working on their soul. Most people are working on how much fun I can have, how much money, how much events, right? Instead of saying, man, well, who am I? Who, who is the real deal, right? And those pastors have a way of pressing that and pushing that. And we'd rather avoid that. But we got to address the heart. we got to address our insecurities, we got to ask God, God, would you help uh, me discover why, why I react this way? Why I respond this way? Why, why am I so nervous here? Is there some things that have happened in my past that wounded me? 
Is there some things that people did or said to me that's really put me on a platform that I just kind of live this way and see these things? And could there be a, a, some things that I need to get healed and be addressed, maybe even some therapy? I don't know, but your love to heal me? Probably the hardest one is we got to address the, the grievances, the offenses that we have done to others. These are called sins. You know, and there's start with the Ten Commandments. There's there's five of those that have to do with our society and, and hurting other people. And, and we can be rude. We can be harsh. We can be selfish. Sometimes we always have to be the one in control. Sometimes we, we have pride. We don't even know it. Sometimes we are prejudiced and we don't even discover that, right? And we're offending. We're not self-aware of, of offenses or grievances or sin in our life. And before we know it, there's fallouts in our relationships, we're wondering why people maybe don't want to hang out with us or invite us because we really haven't been honest with ourselves to say maybe, maybe there's some sins and grievances that I'm not aware of that I'm doing to people, right? Why have my own marriage or my family? And then there's the grievances or offenses against God. That a lot of times we have harmed God and we don't even want to go there. We don't want to think about it. We don't want to pray that way. A lot of times we say, well, I'm a good person, right? I'm not like killing people and a thug or something like that, right? Therefore, I'm pretty good, right? But when we look at the scripture, the holy word, we see that God is holy. And God's called us to live in a society and live with him that makes him holy. And we holy. And, and a lot of times we don't measure up with that. And the Bible makes it pretty clear that we have all fallen short. We have all sinned. We're, we're not there. And a lot of times we don't want people to point that out. And preachers don't, don't point that out, that, that we are guilty of of grieving God. We are guilty of grieving others, and, and we're guilty in that sin, the Bible tells us, separates us from God. That there's a consequence for our sin. Yes, we can have a functional life. Yes, we can, be, uh, we can have success and achieve, but down deep, we're not right with God. There's separation. There's, there's issues right there. So we can either hide and just pretend that's not there, or we can discover and we can discover that, that God wants us to open up to the way of the everlasting, this everlasting life, and let him come in and, and, and be that, that heart surgeon, right, that needs to mend and to heal and to help us in our, our life. So what if we, we did that? What if we let him into our hearts that we could live our best lives, a new story through him, that our motives wouldn't be all about us and our pleasure and our achievements, but it could be about God. I, I appreciate what Aristotle said. Knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdom. Knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdom. I would submit to you that a lot of people don't know themselves because they haven't taken the time to pray this prayer, search me, God. Who am I? What's really making me tick? Am I right with you? God wants us to be free emotionally. See, we, we are preaching a gospel of freedom, freedom from sin and condemnation uh, through sin, but also freedom emotionally, that we can live joyful, we can live free. Uh, Romans 8 talks about that we had not been given a spirit that makes us a slave again to fear, that we're all like, oh, what's other people think? I'm not measuring up. We can be given a spirit of daughtership, of sonship. And, that, and by that we cry, Abba, Father, you're my father. That's all I need. My identity is not in my wealth or my looks or my talent. My identity could be in Christ Jesus. Therefore, man, I can be free in him. How can I help you? And when I'm wounded, the same Bible tells us that we have an intercessor 
that he's with us. He's helping us. He, we can cast our cares upon him because life is tough. People are cruel out there. But we can be free because he is our source. He's our security. He's the person who loves us deeply. He's the person when nobody else wants to be around us, we'll put his, his head on our heart and listen to our heart and know us and heal us and help us. But we have to be reconciled with God. We've got to be made right with God. And sin causes us not to. And, and a lot of times it's not like we're just blatantly sinning out there and saying, God, I don't love you. Most of the time we're just busy and we drift away from God. We're just doing our own kingdom, our own life. We're usually good people, but God says, man, that has to be redeemed. Now, this scares us a little bit because we're thinking, oh, God's this big judgment and condemnation, and, and one day when we face him in, in, in heaven, he will be our judge. But right now, he comes as our savior. He comes as our redeemer. He's so praying and hoping that you would choose to come to him and receive his grace and receive his love. See, God did his part first. Before you even figured it out, God's like, man, I'm coming. I'm leaving heaven. I'm going down to that earth because I'm the only one that really can bring reconciliation. I made the law. I made the rules. I know you're down there trying to make sure that you're, you're justified before God with good works and trying to be a good person, right? We'll never measure up. So God knew that, and so his, his amazing grace, he said, I'm coming down, and I'm going to allow myself to be betrayed and persecuted and hung on a cross. And while I'm hanging on that cross, I'm going to be your ransom for your sin. I'm the thing that you couldn't pay yourself, but I paid it by my body and my sacrifice. I'm going to pardon you from sin. You're guilty of sin. You, you didn't do what I told you to do, but because I so loved you, I'm willing to forgive you, and I'm going to let my blood flow. And that blood is going to cover any sin and atone for your grace. It's amazing grace. But we have to search it, and we got to confess it, and we got to own it to say, God, I need that in my life. See, Eve, every human being can either hide or they can discover. I'm going to encourage you to discover the way everlasting. I'm going to encourage you to discover your heart needs to be healed, that we all need a surgeon. We have all been wounded. We have all fallen. We have all are mixed up, and we need God to, to mend us. We need God to forgive us. And we need to just trust him and say, God, I want you to be my boss. I want you to be my, my Lord and, and my Savior. we got to discover that sometimes our anxious thoughts, our minds need to be healed. What is that thing beneath the thing, right? What makes me so angry and I just pop off or I say this or do that? What's going on there? God, would you help me discover that? And more importantly, would you help heal that? Make me whole make me free. We got to discover spiritually we need to be healed. Yes, we might be good, probably are good, but if there's some sin that we're not right with God, then we're accountable for that, and God's calling us to discover that and own that, and thus David was the example. God, search me. See if there's any offensive ways. Convict me of that. Change me. And here's the big idea. If you're willing to self-discover, here's the good news that you can find healing and wholeness. If you're willing to do the hard work, to do the risky thing, the dangerous thing, the courageous thing, to say, God, open me up. What's going on? That that's the beginning where you can find healing and wholeness in your life. Now, just, just work with me here. Can you imagine 
if we and people in society were willing to go to the corner first and say, you know, I need to look within. Is, is, is there anything in my life that is, you know, my fault that I need, need to change? And we have so much conflict. Everybody's blaming each other, and that person needs to change and do this and this. And then we wonder why I can't get along because nobody's willing to, to pray that prayer. God, it's not them. It could be me. Right. Search me. Can you imagine how many marriages and family units could be more functional and more whole if we were willing to pray this prayer, search me? I can't imagine how many divorces might have not been, people have been divorced if we were willing, instead of just saying, man, you're the, you're the problem. Look at all your blind spots, bad things, right? You need the self-discovery. What if we said, you know what, there's probably something in me. And what if we had the courage and God points things as, maybe I am a little harsh sometimes. Maybe I am a little bit over the top. Oh, yeah, I guess I could be moody once in a while, right? Yeah, I... I have to admit that I can be lazy at times. I can admit that a lot of times I overspend, drive, drives you nut. Sometimes I can be so insecure and I'm just always nervous. I need to be healed. Can you imagine if we went that to our, to our spouses, our families, our, our best friends? You know, I, I ran into this scary question the other day. I'm kind of avoiding rolling it out in my marriage and my family. And the question is this. What is it like to live uh, on the other side of me. That's scary, right? And uh, as me and my wife, we were journeying together and learning and growing, you know, I'm, I'm ready to say, okay, here's the deal. Um, uh, why don't you take some time and think about that question right there? What is it like to live on the other side of Jim? What if you gave that to your children, right? What would they come back to with, right? I'm just hoping, I think I'm going to say now, you got to come back with four positive things, all right? And only two negative, right? Don't come out with five, all right? Um, you know, in our, in our workplace here at, at Faithbrook, every two years we try to take this 360 staff evaluation. You might have this in your corporations. And basically you're asking, you know, a lot of times we get uh, evaluated by a supervisor, all right? Here's where you need to improve. Here's what you're doing well. But the 360 is you allow your peers, people alongside of you, to evaluate you, the good, bad, and ugly, and also people that work under you. We're going to allow you to evaluate the, the, the superior. So the people that maybe work for me, hey, you're going to take this and you get a chance to evaluate. What is it like to work for Jim, right? Hopefully there's some positive things. But to have the courage to say, oh, wow, that's not good. And I need to know that. that that's having to do with this prayer. It's really having to do this prayer to say, search me, God. I appreciate what Marie Ann Williamson said. It takes courage to endure the sharp pains of self-discovery rather than choose to take the dull path of unconsciousness that would last the rest of our life. I suspect the majority of people out there are just running on the surface, right? They're just the unconsciousness, dullness, and they're wondering why there's frictions and there's problems and there's issues rather than willing to say, okay, I got to let somebody prick and prod and say, help me discover, search me, what's going on? What do I need to change? Can you imagine if we were willing to say yes to this prayer? To God, if there's stubbornness, if there's pride, there's, there's problems, search me. Know my heart. Test me in my anxious thoughts. See if there's inoffensive ways and lead me to the everlasting. I know some of you might be saying, wow, my, my spouse really needs to hear this. Uh, I'm just so hoping this coworker or this friend really wakes up that they need to search themselves because there's some bad things that they don't know about themselves. Uh, hello, 
This prayer is not for other people, it's for us. David didn't say, hey, uh, God, go get those people. He said, search me. He had the willingness and the courage to say, search me first. You know, I, I think it's so powerful. We're willing to pray this prayer. And I've seen people really hit some walls in their life, and then they stopped, and it's like, I got to really evaluate on the eternal part, the, the spiritual part. And I've seen people change. I, I've seen people's tempers be mended. I've seen people's pride just kind of mellow. Um, they're just much more calmer, more joyful, more sensitive people because they have allowed God and his spirit to transform them. I pray that I would pray this prayer, God, that I'd have to be the courageous enough to say, God, show me some blind spots. Don't let me be that Michael Scott guy that's just walking around thinking he's the best boss in the world, and everybody's like, no, you're not, right? Can you just mellow out and have some humility to open up yourself? So if this interests you, and this is maybe um, speaking to you, I would encourage you to grab some courage Grab some humility, some willingness to, to, to pray this prayer. Now, your homework this week is to take some time to think about this prayer, to even pray uh, Psalms 139 and end with this, search me, God. But we can do that right now if you're willing. So I just want to encourage us to, to pray this prayer together. So <clears throat> we're going to take some time to just focus in. Would you mind just kind of closing your eyes? When we close our eyes, we really can hear our heart. We really can kind of um, get centered into the depths of our soul and, and who we are. So, Heavenly Father, before we go today, we're going to just pause. We're just going to allow you to speak into our life. I have a feeling, Father God, that you've been waiting for this moment a long time. The scriptures tell us that you've been watching us all week. You know what's been worrying us. You know what's been, we've been anxious about. <clears throat> We're going to need some courage, God, for you, let you to be the heart surgeon. Forgive us for us, God, for not being willing to open up our heart and our soul. Would you help us today discover that we need some healing? Maybe we've been some, through some things in our life that nobody knows about. Let's really harden our hearts. Let's maybe really just get tough in some areas. Before we know it, we're just being our own boss. We're just trying to control things. We might be hurting some people on the, on the side. God, would you help us just to just be healed, be touched by your grace? That We don't have to know everything, do everything, just let you be the leader of our life, the Lord of our life. The check in with you. God, we know that that's going to take a lot of trust. That's so hard for us humans to trust you because we have been damaged. We have been wounded. Maybe that's why we're so anxious. Maybe that's why we're so angry at times. There's something beneath the thing. Would you help us to have the courage to find that out, that cause, to have your anointing oil, your salve, your care to mend, to heal, to resolve, to bring about reconciliation, understanding, a peace that passes all our un understanding. 
And God, that, that sinful thing that we've known, help us to own it. Help us have the courage, God, to discover that. God, we said that to that person, reacted this way. And God, we know a lot of things that we have not put you first. We have sinned against you and fallen short. Now we are guilty, God, of separation. But in this holy moment, God, in your amazing grace, you don't want us to run from you or hide. You want us to just be honest, confess, come to a point of repentance. You tell us, God, in the word of God, that if we were willing to confess our sins, that you are faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse us for all our unrighteousness. That means that you have a heart, God, of, of, of bringing healing and peace to the difference, to the tear, to the riff. So God, we, we invite you into our life. We invite you by faith to heal that. <clears throat> we repent, we confess of our grievances, offenses against you. The Bible tells us that he stands at the door and knocks. <clears throat> this God doesn't force himself away. God is not standing there with some judgment stick ready to send you to hell. He knocks gently. And we're the only one that can open up the door of our heart. We're the only one. God won't even do that. But if we open up the door of our heart, of our sin, of our wounds, God will step in. And the Bible says that he will come in and he will live with us. Can you imagine the light coming into the dark places? The places that we are embarrassed about, the places that we're guilty about, that we hide from. And the light of God and the love starts illuminating in all the wounded places all the hurting areas, all the embarrassing places, all the sinful places. And his, his amazing love, his amazing grace just starts spilling forth and atoning and covering these ugly places. And the peace and the love, the goodness of God forgives us and reconciles us. And before we know it, a new birth, a new shining starts in our soul. Not an instant outward perfection, but a new hope that we don't have to be the same person. We don't have to be the same person we were last year, five years ago, 20 years ago. We can be a new child of God. And he loves us as a child and wants to grow us and disciple us into his ways, the everlasting. So God, right now, someone might be online, someone might be right here. And by faith, they would be willing to open up the door and say, God, I need your healing. I need you to take me off the throne and put you on the throne. I need you to forgive me, God, you know. My wife doesn't know, my family doesn't know, but you know where I've grieved you. Forgive me, I repent, I need you. I receive you by faith. Thank you for your grace. And may the love of God forgive and reconcile and start healing and mending. Before we know it, we are a new child of Christ living for him, rededicated, going forth in security, wholeness, purity, love, and the power of Christ in his spirit. Oh God, thank you, Jesus. You're so gentle. You're so drawing. And we give you praise and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for taking time for this special moment. 
you know, I realized that I'm the, not the most talented, talented, coolest guy. And uh, one thing that I've always inspired to be is be a courageous person. Because I know where courage is. Yes, it's on the battlefield and doing the right thing, but it's inside. Do we have the courage to live for Christ? Do we have the courage to inspect our life and do what's right? And if you want to also live courageously by praying these big prayers and searching our hearts, man, I want to just invite you to that way, that everlasting way. And, and maybe for the first time, you said yes in a long time. Maybe it's been many years where you said, today, I said yes to Jesus. I invited him in. I want him to cleanse me. I want him to heal me. I want to go with him now. He searched. I'm guilty. I want to be made new. I want to encourage you to raise your hand uh, on the button on the online. Uh, just press that, and that our host is going to notice that, and we're going to just journey with you. That's a big deal in our church, to journey with you. If before you go, I want to uh, encourage you to take out that red card right in front of you, and there's a pen. And here it says, today I decided to follow Jesus for the first time. Maybe for the first time as an adult, you said, yes, I, I, I said that prayer. I, I asked God to search me, and I needed him. Or maybe you said, I recommitted my life today. Would you just check that off? And on your way off, just place it in one of our black offering uh, boxes. And, and I'm going to get that card. And I'll be uh, encouraging you and praying for you because we want to journey together to be courageous people living God's way. So thank you again for attending. Thank you for watching us online. We're going to wrap it up. Why don't you stand and, and I'll pray us out. God, again, thank you for this beautiful fall day. Thank you, God, that you are not far off. You pursue us and love us. Will you bless these people as they go about their week? We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. God bless.